Good evening, Kat. Good evening, Shelley. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm very good. We have a guest on that I'm very excited to speak to. So who we have here is Linda Goldspink-Lord. Now, she is the Director of Poseidon Animal Health. Now, hello, Linda. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this chat tonight. Yeah. Now, I've got to just say why I got you on, right, because I've been dealing with a really complex, tricky little training case for the last 18 months that's been a little bit perplexing. It started off as a horse unsoundness, um, but then luckily his owner is very, very dedicated. And I will talk more about this through the podcast, but a very dedicated owner kept, kept hunting and hunting and hunting what was wrong with her very special horse. And um, it turned out to be metabolic. Now, then she just found it was metabolic and then discovered that no one could help her <laughs> until she found you. And that's why and the, and the incredible effect Fabulous. you had on a little horse that symptoms started off being a struggle to canter right uh, that ended oh, wow. up being about gut health. Wow. Wow, yes. Has been one very eye-opening case. So, Linda, that's why you're on here um, because the Thank world you, needs to know Thank about you. this. Okay, so, Linda, my question to you is, um, if if you had two minutes to give your elevator story, can you please give it, just to give us a bit of a start on, on asking you some questions of who you are and what you do? Sure. So, in two minutes. No, I don't have had a you very... can take five. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, you know, we started Poseidon Animal Health about six years ago and if someone had said to me 15 years ago that I would one day be founding this amazing company, I would have gone, really? But, you know, we know life sends us in directions we don't plan. And so prior to starting this um, business, I worked in in, popular, in public health sort of programs, drug and alcohol, based in Campbelltown for a long time. And what I didn't know then that I know now is that stress is catastrophic. And we tend to take on too much. And I had no idea about the impact of, you know, diet and exercise and how back then everything was low fat. Low fat was full of sugar. So it was, you know, this perfect storm of a stressful job. I was super fit. I'm I'm a very, you know, driven person um, and then literally ended up in, in me collapsing at work one day and my world imploded. So I had no idea then that I would never go back to that job. I was actually the CEO of a charity. But then that fast forwarded to still years later, not well, still having seizures, cognitive dysfunction. You know, I'd been to every doctor, every specialist, and no one could help me. And then as life does sometimes, it throws you you know, the most devastating situations. And in a short amount of time, my beautiful mum passed away from cancer and then my beautiful gorgeous daughter Molly was tragically killed on our property. And so, you know, there are no words to describe that, but you hit rock bottom. And what I've learned is when you hit rock bottom, the choices are to stay there. And that's often a choice for people or to keep moving forward. And so this is a long story and it's a fairly, you know, very emotional story to go, I was looking for answers. And in those answers, I learned about the power of gut health. And I have horses, horses have helped me through my darkest days, so of my dogs. And so now what I do is have this business that is transforming lives. You mentioned Ned, because when I yeah. changed my gut health, 
and I learn about the power of gut bacteria, yeah, wow. everything became easier. So, and I could talk about that endlessly because I there's passion, there's a story, and I've lived and breathed it. It makes yeah. everything easier when your gut and your gut bacteria are in balance. So that's that's the story. I don't know there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah, that leads me to here. Yeah, because that leaves you. So it's like you had a you had an experience yourself with your own gut health, so human gut health. But what I'm really keen to hear about is how did that transfer into animals? Like, because it just started mm. Poseidon Health was equine and canine. So yes. how did that link occur? Yes. So you mentioned earlier about Ned, this beautiful horse, having some right canner transition yeah. problems. And, you know, we have a lot of horses. I love thoroughbreds, have quite a few off the tracks. And we had this one horse that just was, now I look back and now I know, he literally had, you know, challenges. He wouldn't put on weight, would go away and compete. And, you know, everything that I now know happens, he'd stop eating, he would be upset, he'd be soundness issues, this intermittent lameness. Yeah. And so when I fixed my gut, I thought, well, if it's true of humans, is it true of horses? But what I did when I looked around at what was out there in the industry, I couldn't find much to support how do we manage our horses' gut health. So how long story short, my husband worked in animal pharmaceutical and when I looked at some of the other supplements on the market, I just went, they're not complete enough. Well, they're full of sugar or they've got these so-called live ingredients. I mean, how can it still be live when it's been processed and manufactured? Anyway, um, so we decided the gut is complex and the gut determines everything, then let's do something that is amazing. Mm. And it started off one product in our at a home, just had no idea then of the transformations we'd be yeah. part of. And so it's gone from there. Can I ask you, was that Digestive EQ or was it another one? Digestive EQ was our first product. Yeah. And yeah. it's we've been so blessed. I've only worked, you mentioned earlier before we were chatting about the importance of science. And that's so important because there is not enough science behind a lot of things. And I know there's emerging things, okay? So sometimes science hasn't caught up. But what about when science says absolutely no, yet it's still in supplements or it's still in approaches? So we've worked with incredible microbiologists and, you know, ecron nutritionists and vets. And, you know, I bring the passion and the love and the education and they bring the science and the brilliance. So it's, a, it's this beautiful combination. Yeah, excellent. That's so cool. So what I'd like to know about is can you give us the basics of the the real nutshell of what you've actually found out or what is it about the horse's gut? Because, you know, yep. we know, all know about a gastric ulcers, but then there's hindgut. So tell us, can you yep. give us yep. a little bit of a rundown? I absolutely can. Absolutely can. So I think the biggest thing to know is the gut can be up to 30 metres long and mm -hmm. we've had a very big focus on the stomach and the stomach's the size of a football and there's this been this huge reliance on gastric ulcer medication. The reality is that ulcers occurring in the top part of the stomach are, are occurring because they're, you know, human problems, you know, giving our horses too much time without food in their gut. So if you think about the gut, it's this really long tube it has three jobs clearly it has to digest food and provide energy I mean that's obvious 
But secondly, it's a huge immune organ. So it has to keep bad things out and good things in. And so then the other thing that's really, really cool and different is it houses the trillions of microbiome that live in there. And this is where, you know, you've both got a science background. Yeah. This is a bit I love because literally we are controlled by our gut bacteria, not just bacteria, there's yeast and yeah. fungi and other things, but they, it's like horses say, I'll give you this warm, safe place to live. And in return, this microbiota says, and I'll keep you alive. However, there's a twist. The right bacteria create all the magic. Energy, biotin, now, which is really cool for hoof condition. You yeah. have a horse with a good hindgut. They make their own biotin. Mm. So it's like that's, you know, that's something we didn't know. Diamond for behaviour and appetite. The bacteria also make sure the gut stays intact Mm. so that there's this barrier and you want the right ones in charge and they want to be fed fibre, okay? So the horse's gut tells you exactly what they should be getting fed. Then you've got the bad guys. They make lactic acid. So you think about it. You've got a choice, volatile fatty acids, B vitamins, energy, or lactic acid. So you get this. When we have this imbalance, you now get inflammation. And I'll come back and talk about, you know, Ned and the cantalid in a moment. So we know that there's microbiota all through the horse's gut, but it really comes into play in the hindgut. So that very first side of the hindgut is this big fermentation chamber. And so the big engine, and it wants fibre to drive it. So it's, um, and that's what the gut's all about. So it's a no-brainer. Get the gut powering, feed the bacteria what they want, and we transform our horses. Hmm. So, what kind of things are we doing bad that kind of like the negative common things that we do that have a bad impact on the hindgut? Yeah, gosh, that's such a great question. And I think, you know, this year I've been diving deep in the impact of stress on horses, and it's almost like, well, what aren't we doing? You know, we know that. <laughs> Travelling our horses changes the microbiota. We know a change in handler, a change in rider, a change in feed. Every time you change your hay, it's there's so much stress in a horse's life that is man-made and we are now also overfeeding our horses so that we talk about metabolic syndrome and we are not, our horses are not meant to be overweight or, you know, or always having access to high-energy food. So mm. we've now got this increase in metabolic issues and then you know cat urofarian laminitis like it's Uh it's almost it's almost like it's accepted oh yeah that's you know my pony's got laminitis that's what ponies do well no so I think that what are we doing wrong well firstly to be fair if we don't know about this how can we act on it which is why I love coming and talking about it because if we don't know how do we fix it we are overfeeding. We are not recognising the impact of stress. Our horses are stabled. They don't have paddock mates. They don't have as much access to a variety of fibre. However, sometimes we can't change some of those things. So we change the things we can. Mm. So, you know, if someone's listening and going, oh, you know, I've stabled my horse and they're on their own, I get that. We don't need guilt. But what we can say is that's even more reason to make sure that we tip we the box. manage everything else. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, can I just jump in and just want to quickly talk before I forget mm. about that, talk about that first part of the hindgut, which is the cecum. 
Yeah. Now it sits on the right-hand side and it's over a metre. Yeah. So I mentioned if you get the wrong bacteria, you get this imbalance, you get inflammation, you get pain, think about the right cantilead. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Restriction. And, yeah. you know, I say to anybody, imagine having a really swollen abdomen and you put on a tight pair of jeans and a belt and now you're going to piggyback someone and they're going to poke you. Are you going to be striding out? You're going to be shuffling along going, ouch, ouch, get off. Oh, it's really interesting you say that because, Kat, do you remember with Tammy, Tammy Elkaram, who's a really brilliant body worker that we get on from um, that's in the States, she always talks about the weak right hind, always, how the right hind is. I was about to say that's really interesting because I've had a few conversations even today about right cantilates and I'm like, oh, and the right hind, and she always goes on about that. She sees the, it's the weakness in the right hind. If it's going to be, if there's going to be a problem on a horse, it's going to be the right hind. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then you're talking it's about, amazing. you know, the cecum, the hind gut connection and the right hand side of the horse. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's an interesting, that's an interesting. I thing. never thought about the fact that the digestive system wouldn't be equal on both sides of the horse. Isn't it amazing? And when you see pictures of it, you can see, how significantly it is on the right-hand side. But, you know, I think the thing that's really, I like using that as an example because people often go, oh, my horse is fine, it's fine, it's not showing any symptoms, it's fine. And I'll say, okay, tell me, is it girthy? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, what's it yeah. like when you put your right leg on or oh, the ears go back? What's it like going to the right? Oh, yeah, that's my, my difficult side. And so I say to people, our horses are flight animals. They don't want to be showing you their weakness. So by the time they are, They've got systemic inflammation. Now we know if the hind gut is inflamed, you've got all the gut inflamed. Girthiness is at the point of the large colon. Like it's, we often say girthiness is a stomach ulcer, and then we put them on a meprazole. I'm not saying a meprazole or gastric ulcer treatment doesn't have yeah. a role, but it's not the be all and end all. So, you know, if your horse is girthy, that great big chamber, all of them is inflamed, and yet they are, they still let us ride them. And so it's, I think it's just this education, this knowledge to go, that's my sign, now what do I do about it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Isn't that an interesting, Kat? You know, like I love that- it. I've I've really been going down this whole journey about human gut health lately and I think it's all it's all very connected and the more that you learn, the more that you question everything. Yeah. 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 It, just, yeah. it just adds another layer to think about, you know, like, we all think about, well, you know, lots of people think, oh, they've got ulcers, you know, and so we all think of gastric ulcers. And that's all well and fine. We've got the horses that have chronic gastric ulcers. And then we know that there's something that's creating those, that there's some stress which is triggering that. Yeah. But you think, oh, they're unsound, they've got some pain there, which normally can also be, you know, I've had horses with chronic mm. um, ulcers that yes. have turned out to have some soundness issue elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of horses I know with chronic ulcers that we've never considered maybe it's hindgut, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, maybe it's that maybe it's another portion, maybe it is still the digestive system in another. Well, portion. even if they've got stomach ulcers, they could have other stuff going on as well. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So go on. Sorry. I was gonna say I have a question that's a little bit off topic, but fecal water syndrome. Oh yes. Seems to be like something I come across on a semi-regular basis and no one knows what to do about it and they're mm-hmm. kind of like well that's normal for my horse 
Yeah. And oh my gosh, there's a few things of that, isn't there? The fact you're right, it's normal. It's normal. No, it's not normal. So part of it is that I talked about these gut bacteria. One of them, they make these um byproducts. And so one of them actually helps absorb water across the gut wall. Yeah. So for me, when the back end, when things are not right, free fecal water, or whether it's loose manure or it's really hard manure, there's something not working inside there. So mm. look, we've had when I first started on this journey, I thought, well, I'm not a vet, Linda. So really, how how are you ever going to be an expert? I have lived and breathed this and I've got a science background myself. So now I can speak with much more confidence to go, this is, the gut is the most amazing opportunity to transform our horses so that they're happier, we're happier, you get better feed conversion, better hoof condition, trainable behaviour, they're calmer, they're athletic, better impulsion, better energy, better recovery, they're immune. So this is, I'll come back to the um, water syndrome, but something that's really fascinating is I spoke earlier about this 30-metre long track. It's yeah. got to be intact, but it's got to be fine enough to let these important things go through. Yeah. And you've mentioned human gut health cat, and I was going to say, like, offline, we can talk about this because that's what changed my life. Yeah. We get yeah, leaky gut. Yeah, so leaky gut is literally like little the these um, junctions that hold the gut together almost open up. And so now what happens, and you'll only get that when the gut's stressed. The gut's stressed, it means you've got a shift in the bacteria, you've got lactic acid, the pH is now dropping, pathogens and toxins are now thriving. Mm. They can now go through the gut wall. So two things happen, or well, three really. There's now an immune response, so it's like the, you know, we're being invaded, they've gotten through the moat and the castle wall and they're in there now and they don't know the level of attack, so we're now under attack. It could be a skin condition, it could be, you know, systemic inflammation, it can be so many things. So the body now says, I have to spend energy fighting that inflammation. Yeah. And on top of that, I've now got to close the gut wall. I'm using my hands even though people can't see me, but you guys can. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This precious energy is now being diverted away from thriving and a bit like humans, you know, you get stressed, you might get a cold and then you might get a, you know, you might get a mouth ulcer or whatever. And then the next week you're getting sicker because you don't have as much energy left to fight. So it becomes this cascade. And with our yeah. horses, we can see it happen. So it's, you know, the the energy and the excitement that comes behind me sharing this is because this is a game changer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. most of the problems yeah. we can fix. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Oh, so can you tell me about this first product you developed? So Digestive EQ, what is it? What does it do? You know, yeah. Yeah. how does it help? Because I know there's more than digestive EQ because I know Ned, the case they talked about at the start, which I will, I'll tell you more. We'll talk more about that. He's had to go on something even more serious, more high level than digestive EQ. Because when science changes, we change with it. Yeah, which is truly what we're knowing. So so we started with the very first product and how it happened was, as I mentioned, I was contacting different companies and and I and I'm at my I'm an educator by heart. So it was like, well, first of all, they're not getting back to me or they can't answer the question or it didn't make sense to me. So it was like, well, if the gut's that long and that complex, then we need a really complex approach. 
And from the moment we started, it was very much my husband and I make a really good partnership because he's worked in that industry. Yeah. He's more commercial, whereas I'm just passion heart driven. Yeah. I just want to save horses. And it's a really nice, you know, win-win. So I thought, well, and I had my horses on, you know, so-called natural diet, probably had about, I'm not exaggerating, 15 herbs that I was adding, yeah. you know, bit of this, bit of that, and they still had issues. So I thought, well, it's got to be the best quality we have to have actives at the level so we know they're going to work it's got to be complete and it's got to have science behind it so we work yeah. with I think Australia's best equine nutritionists to develop it and we we did a little trial and I remember early on we had this lady ring and I could hear her crying down the phone I thought oh no what's happened mm-hmm. what had happened was she'd had a horse that had been constantly having laminitis and it was quite, you know, devastating. And the vet had come out a couple of times to put this poor horse, you know, down, but they couldn't get the excavator. This happened twice. And then a farrier turned up and said, hey, I've heard about this new product on the market. I don't really believe in supplements, but people are saying good things about it. So she did. And once you start to change the gut bacteria and everything improves, that horse never had laminitis again, which is quite amazing, and we saved its life. So that's when you go, wow, this is exciting. So we started there and then we've just, as we, I don't want to be a company that makes so many products, you're going, which one? Yeah. But we do know that stress is so devastating. So we then, you know, have moved on to some of the other products. There's not a lot. There's there's a few others. So that's where we started. Yeah, so other products, are they just probiotics? Is that what they are? are they just no, they're not. Probiotics? No, so no, they are not. That's a great question. <laughs> they are not probiotics. Yeah. So really simply, you want a prebiotic which feeds, a yeah. probiotic which is live to make a postbiotic. So a postbiotic is like a fermented byproduct that gives you all that good stuff. Mm. So for the probiotic to create the positive outcome, it has to be live. Mm. So you think about it. It's got to be live when it's manufactured. It sits on the shelf. It gets in that acidic stomach. They make stomach acid 24-7. It's not going to travel all the way back to the hind gut. There's a lot of it's there. So we actually don't ever use probiotics. We use a prebiotic. And now we've just changed our formulation. We've added a postbiotic. So... But it's only one element. It's about we've got support for the stomach. We've got amino acids that kind of really keep the gut wall intact. Mm-hmm. We've got enzymes. We've got toxin binders. And we've got the postbiotics. And all, all that we've done with the new one, we have improved EQ, but we've actually made digestive racing and performance because performance horses have more stress. They need yeah, more support. More so it's just lifting it up. Because I think Absolutely. that's that's what you got Ned on. You've got it's it's RP, Is RP it like, racing and performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and, and we that's we're just blown away by it. So again, people that are far more clever than me that make this just say we now know stress is really really bad for our horses, and you know L-glutamine really important amino acid. We it's one it's you know really helps the gut wall stay intact. It gets depleted with exercise it gets depleted with stress so you have high performance horses that are traveling they're competing you know they're out and about they need more support so 
that's that's what we have that. And I, I'm just finding that horses that seem to have more, you know, challenging issues, like Ned, we just sort of go in, go in with that, you know, extra support straight up and it's and it's getting great results. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell Kat a little bit more about Ned's case so you can go in. So I met Ned. Ned's eight years old at the moment. He's like a riding pony in Clyde. He's got everything. He's like a real bit sour of a horse, but lovely. I've known him since he was two years old. Like he's about, um, uh, he, he's about 14, two real pony type. He's, he's a pie ball. He's owned by my very good friend, um, Jody Lee. Uh, very dead. If I want, if I come back as a horse on this earth, I would like to be owned by Jody because she's super cares <laughs> in all ways. She's she's made us too. Yes, that yes, yeah. him as well. I'll, I'll yeah. be I'll be your. You can own me too. It's out of you and Jody. You can fight over me if I become a horse, but. Um, I've known this horse since he was two years old and he's always been forward, easy trainable, you know, a, a really great little horse that, and Jody does a lot of, she, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Her, her main thing is she loves doing is trekking, right? Just, and, and out in the bush and doing long rides and stuff like that. But she's a hand at everything, bit of dressage, bit of this, bit of riding club, you know, she'll do it. Anyway, a couple of years ago, Ned started being a bit strange. Like he just started lacking energy, started losing his ability to, to can a right. And it was just all really strange. And, of course, um, Jody immediately went and did all the right things that you do. She took him to the vet. You know, he was a bit fat, so she took him, you know, she changed his diet and <laughs> everything like that. Um and then it kind of, we also implemented, we decided to reboot him as well. We re-looked at his training and everything like that. And all those things made a bit of an improvement. But what happened, he started becoming less and less tolerant to anything else he ate to a point that I think he escaped from his Jenny Craig paddock one day and the next day he couldn't even move um yeah could not even move and and came out with all hives it was weird he totally and absolutely tied up right and yeah, then okay. from this time he just couldn't even if he accidentally like sniffed a bit of something that wasn't Rhodes grass or his controlled thing he would tie up and um Jody took him to vets here, there, everywhere. She contacted nutritionists. She did absolutely everything to try to find out why is he son? Why is this horse that was a perfectly normal horse for a number of years suddenly start becoming strange with what he ate? Where did this tying up come from? And of course, we were thinking quite terrible things like he's got some kidney problem or liver disease or something like this. And and his bloods were kind of like really not that bad. It was really bizarre. Um, anyway, luckily enough, I think, um, you know, looking at nutrition, I think the nutritionist said that there's this, uh, really amazing lady, <laughs> Poseidon Health, that look, you know, just get contacted, just see she can give any insights into the case. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, and no one has been out like Ned went from a horse. It didn't matter what Jody to do. He even tied up in front of my face when I, he came to a clinic. Um, earlier this year in Dranger in Western Australia and the horse next to him had some other hay that wasn't his and he must have breathed a bit in or something like that and he tied up in front of my face like it was it was wow. like the hell wow anyway um yeah and so anyway yeah this Linda Lord lady from <laughs> Poseidon Hell 
And and yeah, and Jody I'm glad I didn't know all it. that story. I would have been yeah, getting very proud of my <laughs> I know that story, but it was just like it was just really interesting because for so long we looked at soundness. Yeah. We looked at soundness, everything to do with soundness, his feet, his weight, yeah. you know, everything. And yeah. um, and then it was like then kind of we got the missing piece that okay, he's tying up because he had this extreme episode of escaping and eating a lot of things he shouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. But that revealed that, and then it was just like trying all these different feeds and the control. Mm. Why anyway? That led to Linda, and now now we have a horse that is absolutely flourishing. He even accidentally ate something he shouldn't the other night, had no effect on him whatsoever. So he, wow. these immune responses that he's having, which you could see, he got welts on yeah. him. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of like, so what I see him as a really extreme case that highlighted something that's probably more insidious than you think. Yeah, well, yeah. the way I look at it, is by the time you're getting a horse that's tying up or hives or yeah. having fe- uh, fecal water syndrome, those are all really extreme symptoms. Yes, that should have yeah. something should have happened earlier in, in the yeah. best case yeah. scenario. Yeah, like, that's the is, body screaming at you. That's right. But it's but so hard yes. because finding the right people mm. to give you the right answers. Yeah, but this is someone that was doing everything like oh, right absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. Were going to vet after vet to vet mm-hmm. hostels you know the universities or whatever trying going to all the experts trying to track it down getting his bloods done at all different times mm-hmm. to try and track his level did he have liver disease did he have kidney disease like what was it and then it, like it actually turned out to be with Linda she said well let's target his hindgut yeah and the information yeah. in him has been outstanding like I was quite mm-hmm. sure he had something terrible like he had some liver or kidney disease or something was going on. But, yeah, he's absolutely he's transformed. So that's why this was it a makes word. me very proud. You know, yeah. I just think that I am very grateful every day. And for me, it's, it's not even, I mean, it's nothing special that I'm doing. I'm just helping educate people that if we start at the guts, the same as humans, I am always saying I did a lot of, media and podcast I wrote a book last year and in my book I actually have a whole chapter yeah it was pretty something I just wanted to share my story and give people hope and practical strategies around you know we all have challenges of some kind and yes mine have been really extreme but most people have a story and so rather than and I'm not anti-medication by any means but for me is can we try and fix it ourselves a little bit and then see what else we need rather than going straight to having you know medication or something else so for me I was so you know so excited to share this stuff you know fix the gut and then everything else you know just improves there was a book put out years ago called I Quit Sugar yeah. And if yeah. you haven't read that book, gosh, it's a good book. I remember reading it going, and I've got a master's in health. What do you mean? Bacterial. What on earth is that? And then I was obsessed. It was like, how do I not know this? And for me, I had the perfect storm, high stress. I was super fit at the time, low-fat diet, high sugar, mm-hmm. and I had warning signs. You know, I had a rash. My back went on me until I collapsed at work. So yeah. our horses tell us. And they just they tell us, you know, and Ned, you know, he was so fortunate to have an owner that was trying everything. But for me, that's even more astonishing. Then it makes me even more proud that at every level that wasn't picked up. It just shows you how 
poorly known gut health still is. Yeah, but, no, that's really know, true. This is like, great. Yeah, we all thought of ulcers. We all thought of that. We looked at every organ, but still it's just like that hindgut because it is one of those things that, oh, yeah, hindgut, hindgut, and because you, well, we don't know if we can fix that. If those drugs don't get there, we know that. And, well, we only know whether it's worked if we conduct an autopsy, you know, or if there's a problem it's there on or yeah. because we can't yeah. look at it. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah. it's just an interesting one to add to my kind of knowledge because there's so many horses that have signs. Because I've never met, Linda, I've never met a difficult horse that hasn't had something wrong with it. Never. Every single case I've had, even the ones I've turned around, have all over time presented or revealed what was unmotivating them or motivating them to kind of resist or struggle with what they were being asked to do. Um, So this is just another kind of thing to consider. Um, Yeah, so I'm glad that you got passionate about it. But can I just ask you, you wrote a book. Was that Mm -hmm. on human health and what was it called? It's called Crawling Through the Darkness and what it was about or what it is about is literally, you know, my story around uh, my health challenges and my grief challenges and then how I then changed and and sort of, you know, transformed through that grief and loss. So it has a lot of purpose but I talk about really practical strategies. I talk about what you eat and your gut bacteria, how it gives you the foundation. Everything becomes easier. And so back to talking about horses, Mm. if we fix the gut, if the gut's no longer inflamed, if they've got the right gut bacteria making the beautiful hormones because of the gut-brain connection, training becomes a whole different experience so that, you know, when people are starting horses under saddle, that's stressful. So how do we manage that? We support them through, and, then, and we can talk about that. You know, I'm hoping to come back and chat anytime you want because <laughs> this is a big topic. every time we change yeah. food, you know, we well, there's so yeah. much to it. You know, how do we fix the gut? It's those, those three areas around diet, management, and evidence-based supplements. Mm. But for me, back to my book, I wanted to give people hope and I wanted to share the you know the ability to communicate when we go through tough times but also what are the practical strategies and being conscious what you eat you know what you drink are you getting enough sleep how do you manage stress a lot of it that transfers over to horses yeah that's that is so true now I suppose also with um gut health and hind gut thing it's all well and good just to feed a supplement but you must have to feed them all the right things as well like if you're not doing that the supplement's not going to save the life so do you have any like basic diet tips or whatever to get sure them do. yep sure do and we actually have a free feeding program on our website called feed assist and i love it because dr nerida richards who was involved in setting up feed excel and is also our consulting nutritionist yeah i said to her, i want to make it easy for people that when they want to go and create a feed i want to be so so simple because actually feeding horses is really simple who yeah. would have thought so that's the first tip feed assist will help you determine exactly what you need to feed but the rule of thumb for every single horse is about two percent of their body weight a day in fiber yeah. and we want as much yeah. variety as possible because yeah. that fiber feeds all different bacteria who bring all different magic then you need to make sure that you've got your vitamins and minerals balanced So the challenge that people have, they use a bit of this and a bit of that, which means they could be deficient in things like copper, zinc and selenium and other essential, you know, minerals. So feed your, add your vitamins and minerals, 
most horses, I would say, oh, how can I put a percentage on it? Most horses, that's all they need, right? And then you go, do I need to up the energy? Well, for me, grain is my last choice. Yeah. I would go oil. I would go, you know, you could use more things like beet fiber or some really good quality protein. So, again, tip, read your feed labels. If the feed is saying protein meal, it's probably not good quality protein. If it's good quality protein, they'll be telling you. So, you know, read your feed labels. Just because a feed says it's cool or low grain, uh -uh, check it, read the label, because it's not... We've got to ask questions on behalf of our horse. I can see Kat smiling here, so I think she's going, yeah, great this. Um, (laughs) And then if your horse is doing some extra, you know, if you're competing, if you're travelling, if your horse is just, you know, just the nature of stress, digestive EQ or RP is fabulous. So your diet is fibre-based with vitamins and minerals, good quality protein, top up with other things if you need to. We overfed. I had a great consult with a lady yesterday. She was so great. She was feeding so much more than she needed to. The horse was at 145% digestible energy. It was like it, it, it must have been. I saved her three biscuits of hay, and I'm big fiber fan, so she was feeding even too much. Oh, wow. And one and a half kilos of a complete feed a day. Now she's got 30 horses. Imagine how much that's going to save her. Yeah, wow. And the horses will do better. So that's, we've just got to take the confusion away because it's not hard. You know, they're meant to have access to fiber 24 7. Yeah. Don't go without it. And then they will thrive. Yeah. So it's, it's actually quite simple. Yeah. So I just I- wanted to pick up on something you mentioned there. You said, feed them 2% of their body weight, but you said to feed them as big a variety as possible. Can you yeah, explain I was that a little bit more? the same thing. Yeah. Not a yeah, monoculture. No, <laughs> no, and it's tricky. It's tricky because trying to get variety of fiber can be really difficult. So mm. things like, I mean, you know, in an ideal world, you'd have some roads hay. If you really want to go to the next level, you would get your hay tested or if you could afford it and you had storage, you would get, particularly a performance horse, you would get, all your hay for the season, every time you change your hay, you stress the gut. So you want to have different types of hay. So for me, and it's funny, I've changed a lot of things. I have to stable a lot of my horses. I don't stable anymore because I know that's stressful for them. Stables have their role. I'm not anti-stable, but if you don't have to. But I would have had, um, you know, some Rhodes hay, a little bit of Teff hay and loosen hay. Yeah. And I avoid, I mean, I don't like oat and hay and the more starchy ones. You can feed lupin hulls, you can feed beet fibre. So trying to bring in a variety of fibre, and there's some really quirky things coming to the market now. People are bringing in different types of fibre, which is good. And obviously time out in the paddock if they can so they can eat the different types of grasses and all those sort of things. So we know that like brumbies, for example, if you take an analysis of their manure, they have a really diverse microbiome. So it's not only diverse, but they have large numbers of it. Yeah. Through, and that's why they can survive on sticks and twigs and bark and leaves, whereas we've domesticated our horses and we're actually wiping out species. Now, are they the species that stop laminitis? We don't know. Yeah. But we just go back to what they, you know, their gut, their digestive system actually tells you what they should be eating. 
And we're just going to try and get back to that. But, look, it's hard, drought conditions and, mm. you know, not being out. And then mycotoxins becoming an issue this um, season from all the rain. It's not easy, but he's best practice and we just try and get as close to that as we can. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's really given us some food for thought. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, however, just to finish off, can we talk about people? Yep. Because you know about yeah, sure. as well. Why not? Because uh, <laughs> um, I think it was something you said there about I, I have a I have an injury injuries to my back. So does cat. So does cat actually? If you see us walk, we walk identical. We've got the same limb. <laughs> We're both lame. We're both a bit lame. Oh, <laughs> um, <my> God, no. <laughs> well, it's really interesting to say that because. Many years ago, like I stopped eating sugar, like I massively reduced sugar from my like processed sugar from my diet, and it's really interesting because I know now if I have a bit of sugar, like if I go out and splurge, I'll be sore the next day. I'll be sore. My back will be yep. sore. Yeah. Yep. So, um, isn't yeah. it interesting? Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. So that was my first big massive insight, and stopping sugar mm. and quitting sugar all those years ago was very eye opening. Um, mm-hmm. of how different it made you feel and how it makes your skin different and everything like that. But I know that's just one thing. What other tips can you give us about our own uh, microbiome? Really I mean, quitting sugar is always my first thing to say, and it's interesting because when I when I first quit sugar, and I think I was still having seizures, grief was still very significant, I didn't want to muck around. I just wanted it gone. I want a quick, quick repair. So I quit, you know, I was even only eating, you know, your berries, like your blueberries, your raspberries. I was very conscious of sugar. Yeah. My seizures quit, you know, stopped pretty quickly and everything settled down. But the challenge I had was if I did want to go out at all and have the odd glass of wine, my body went into shock almost. Yeah. And so I thought, well, that's not that's not how I can live. So I now just know, and, and it's it's common sense, obviously, sugar, read your feed labels, avoid your processed foods, yeah. moderate your alcohol, be mindful of stress because even though we might be going, yeah, you know, like I love what I do and I have been working, you know, we're doing some, we've got a really cool new product coming out, which I'm going to Centinet, and it's based on flavonoids and it balances sugars. I get so excited that I go, oh, gosh, I'm still working. But that's still stress. I think managing your stress. And for me, gut health is also about your, I guess, your emotional health. Like for me, every day I start the day usually with a really nice intent and always being mindful of what I'm grateful for. So there's this whole approach and also knowing that, you know, I went out for tea on Friday night and Saturday night and I had, and I don't drink very much, but I had this rhubarb cocktail. I'm telling you, it was gorgeous. <laughs> but I was, I, my, my back flared up. I felt awful. And yeah. I went to the osteo today and he goes, you've got a little twinge happening there. It's linked to your gut. I went, yeah, why well, no? Because I, I went out, mate. So you know that. Yeah. So I think that you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Quit sugar because it's so inflammatory, yet... Most of our horse feeds are full yeah. of it. Yeah. And so, you know, what are we doing about that? That's why we've got to back. And, and there's some great feed companies out there. Like there's some really good ones. So there's some ones that you just need to be reading labels and seeing yeah. hidden starch, you know, like things like mill run or wheat middlings or yeah. still starch. So back to the human gut health, I think they're the things that are, you know, but you've, you've been on the journey of quitting sugar so you know how 
how important it is and because it's inflammatory. You know, you feed and a sugar craving. You you eat sugar, the sugar-loving bacteria mm. send a message to your brain to release a hormone to make you eat sugar. Oh, yeah, and it's weird how that that takes you about, well, for me personally, uh, took, takes about three to four days for that craving to go away and then it just goes away and what weirdly also happens is that the whole feeling hungry thing disappears as well it's really it's really bizarre yeah about the impact that it has on just things that you think are just normal yeah mental health I mean I think for me you know because I was so conscious of my grief I don't know if you notice this Shelly and Kat but when you you know for me if I am not eating as well I just feel you know I'm not as mindful I'm not as grateful I'm just a bit more you know because it affects mental health as well and I have a theory particularly with horses that it's in the gut bacteria's interest to keep you stressed because when you're stressed, you don't eat properly, you don't breathe properly, you don't digest your food as well, which means those bacteria get fed. So a stressed horse stays stressed. Yeah. So how do we break the cycle? And it's, you know, it's, it, I, I'm hoping that people are listening going, it's actually not that hard. And it's not that hard. Just go back to what they're meant to eat, but allow change slowly. So I think back to human yeah. gut health. You know, make those changes slowly because if you do it too much, it can be a little bit bacteria like tenants are living rent free. They're like squatters, you know, the bad ones. They don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really fascinating. Ah, oh, that's been a great conversation. And I think so much to so much to think about. I think we will have to have you back on and have more conversations yeah, <laughs> about butt related issues and, and what you've learned in your journey. So we might end, wrap it up there, but thank you so much for giving giving us your time this evening. Um, very grateful. And uh, we will contact you and speak to you again soon. Thank you so yeah, much. For thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Canter Therapy. You can find us on Facebook on Canter Therapy Podcast. And if you'd like to know more about me, Dr. Shelley Appleton, you can find out more about me on my website, calmwillingconfidenthorses.com.au. I'm on social media, Facebook, Dr. Shelley Appleton, Calm, Willing, Confident Horses. And I'm Kat. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Forenza Park Equine Services or Instagram at Forenza Park. If you would like to leave us a rating where you're listening to this podcast, we'd appreciate it. And we look forward to hearing from you.